Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Fantastic. Great to have you with us. Of course, this is our first week of the Advent series that we're looking at. And uh, as Pastor Caleb has already said, it's uh, this week's on hope. And um, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. As I said before, you know, the... Um, what you, what you focus your attention on, you know, is what grows in your life. We passed a, Dan said it last week, his driver instructor told him, wherever your eyes are looking, that's where you're driving. That's so true, isn't it? You know, that's where you're driving. And, uh, and so it's, it's the same principle. And, of course, these four weeks on hope, peace, joy, and love and... Um, I want you to take a hold of the significance of each week. And we've never done this before as a church, you know, and it's, it's kind of neat, you know, to be able to stop and take a focus on, you know, what is going to build up to, you know, the birth of Christ, you know, Christmas, um, Emmanuel, God with us. What does that mean? Not just another Christmas, not, not, not just another present under the tree, but something that's going to be life-changing for me. And so there's this deliberate focus in preparation to celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. So please, um, you know, take all um, advantage of that. So this week is hope. And uh, Pastor Caleb preached on that this morning. And the dictionary describes hope as the expectation of something desired. That's what hope means, the expectation of something desired. And uh, hope is such a powerful friend if you want to live a full life. If you want to live a full life. And uh, it's the difference between, I remember uh, hearing the stories many years ago with the POWs in, in World War II. And it was the difference between life and death. It was the difference between those who remained with hope and those who, who lost hope perished. They didn't make it. It was the difference between life and death in that, that horrible situation. But the very thing about the gospel is that in Christ we all have hope. Leading up to Emmanuel, leading up to the birth of Christ, God with us, we all have hope. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore... Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his, this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. To, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now, to boast means to be to be proud in the possession of. When you're in the possession of something, you boast about it. You know, to be proud of that. that that's mine. I've inherited that. I've been given that. I've built that. That belongs to me. And this is the hope that we have in Christ. You never boast when you lose. You only boast when you win. Is that right? You don't boast and say, hey, guess what? We we lost the biggest loss in history of the game. 
No. No, I've been a Bronco for many years. And we don't boast in that wooden spoon that we got a long time ago now. You don't boast now. You boast when you win. You boast when you take possession of that victory. You take possession of that hope. You can boast about it. I love that. You look at uh, hope today, we're going to see three things that we need to know about hope. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Point number one tonight is the source. Verse 13 tells us the source is the God of hope. That's the source. That's what we're looking for. The source of something determines its credibility. You know, people can make bold statements about something, and uh, quite often on social media they do that. But what makes it credible is the source of the information. You know, you make this big statement, yeah, well, what's the source? What have you got to back that up? You know, you might say, well, I believe we're, we're heading for the wettest summer we've ever had in 50 years. Well, that's good, but what's your source? Well, you know, Uncle Fred has got a bad knee. And every time his knee plays up, it rains. And this week, his knee's been terrible. This is going to be the worst rainy season. Right? Is that your source? Or is it the bomb? You know, is it the Bureau of Meteorology that says, you know, La Nina has come across from the Pacific and we're going to have torrential rains for the next few months? Is that credible? You better believe it. We're swimming in it. Why? Because it's a credible source. It's a credible source. How can Paul make such a statement like this? What's the source? In verse 4, he says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures. Listen to it. The endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And Paul is confirming the source. The source of this hope he's talking about is the Word of God, the Scriptures. Everything that was written in the past, everything that they had, had heard from God and obeyed and worked that through their life and built credibility about it, Paul was able to stand up and say, it works. This is the source. This makes it credible. The word tried and proven, able to teach us, able to strengthen us, building a foundation for us to stand and not fall. When we start to apply it, we start to see the fruit of it, the blessing of it, and hope rises. Hope rises. I think one of the problems we have for the church today is that as Christians, we've been taught, and it's right, to go to the Word of God for blessing. 
And that's right. We have the, God has the promises for his people. He has the favour that is there for his people. We've lived in that favour. We've loved it. We've loved connecting with God in that way. Father, bless me. Father, you know, meet my need. Father, <coughs> excuse me, bless my life. And we do that, and it's wonderful. But when we want to be taught how to live, we'd much rather go to Google. When we want to learn how to live, how to do our marriage, how to raise our kids, how to think what ideology is best. It's a different source. And if you're a generation, how many, how many people in the room here, your parents were, were Christians? Put your hand up. You, you've sort of born in the church. You've grown up in the church. You know, this is pretty much all you know. And you've grown up with that favor. You were born into that favor. There was a generation that went before you that fought that battle, you know, that claimed that ground, that built that platform that you could launch from. Amen? You could launch from. You're here today. There's testimony here today because of the goodness of God upon the generation before you. You know, you, you started here. They started here. Amen. Do you see that? And you launch from that. But now for some reason, what got them from there to there is now old school. It's now not relevant kind of doesn't work anymore. It's kind of like, no, well, we've moved past that. We're a lot smarter today. We've got our smartphones, you know, we've got our smart TVs. We forget that what got one generation from there to there is the same thing, the same source, the Word of God that will take your generation from there to there. Never forget that. Don't rely on Google. It's not a credible source. Amen? The Word of God. So we know the source of hope. Number two, the process of hope. Read verse 13 again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. That's the process. You trust in Him. The key word there, trust in Him. This is the process that produces hope in your life. Produces hope in your life. And once you know that the source is credible, then we start to action our belief and we trust. We trust. The Christian world calls that building your faith or, or exercising your faith. Turn your Bible to James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. And I was thinking, man, that was, that was the Scripture James 1, 2 and 3 was the scripture for my Bible college year. And I'm just thinking next year, it was 40 years since I was in Bible college. 40 years. I wonder if anyone else is still alive. 40 years ago, I went to Bible college. You can't believe that. I must have been 12 or something. I can't believe it. 40 years. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, the process produces hope because we can trust him. It's not hopeless. You're not on your own. He's there with you. He's there for you. Waymaker. The whole rest of that song I can't remember. Yeah, it would have been good to recite that, wouldn't it? Yeah, sorry. Produces hope. We end up better for that. We all know that trials are going to come. They're going to come. They're going to hit us. And when they do, we have two options. Number one is that we apply this process. Or number two is that we throw our hands in the air and say, oh, it's hopeless, I can't do it. You know, I'm so sad, too bad, it'll never work for me. You know, it's, it's just not going to happen. We surrender to a hopeless position. What if an unexpected bill comes in? Who's ever had that? You know, you're broke now, but then this bill lands. Like, yippee. Right? That $5,000 bill lands on your desk next week. You've got two options. Again, you can throw your hands in the air and say, well, I don't have a cent. This is hopeless. You know, you're, you're desperate. You, you do whatever you can. Or you implement the process. You implement the process. Okay, God, you've never let me down before. Yeah, it's a big amount, it's, it's a big amount, but I know the source. And I start to bring my problem before the Lord in prayer. And I start to declare before the Lord. I start to exercise my faith. And then I'm ready to action it and I start to look for the opportunities. You know, you pray for it and then you look for it. Amen? Don't give up. You pray for it. Say, God, I got this bill. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I need your help here. You've never let me down before. I know the source. I'm putting the process in place. Now speak to me. Show me. I'm looking for opportunities. I'm looking for a door that's going to open so that this miracle can come to pass. I, I remember many years ago now, but we were, we were pretty broke, living week to week, as most people do. And we did get a, a $5,000 bill. And uh, we had nothing. We had nothing left in the bank. And Annie got to prayer. You'd remember this, honey. And Annie got to prayer, and, and the Lord spoke to her. And he said, he said this. He said, what's in your house? What's in your house? And she's like, I don't know. So she starts looking. She starts turning stuff upside down. I said, okay, we'll have a garage sale. You know? Have a garage sale. And I remember, remember that remember that that floor steamer I got you for that engagement. It was an anniversary or something. I got a it was it was a beauty. It was a beauty. Well, it was the first thing to go in the garage sale. Broke my heart. I thought she loved that steamer. First thing to go, out the door, out it went. Had to lock my golf clubs in the boot of my car, literally lock them in the boot. And I'll tell you this, they're still there today. I don't trust her. They'll go. They'll go. 
So she's rummaging through the cupboard, and up the top of the cupboard there was there was this bubble wrap, and inside were a couple of pro heart paintings. Now we'd bought those years ago. Pastor Tim Hall was doing, you know, he was an evangelist at that time and traveling around and Pro Hart was a good mate of his and Pro used to paint paintings for him to pay for his his ministry, you know, to go around. And so when he'd preach, he would sell these paintings as well. And I thought, you know, I sort of want to support his ministry. So so I bought a couple of these only small Pro Hart paintings, wrapped them up in bubble, uh, bubble wrap and, and stuck them up in the back of the cupboard years ago. Forgot all about them. Until Lanny got to the top cupboard and ripped them out and said, what are these? Talked to, actually, one of Pro Hart's sons was in our church at the time, Kim. Great mate of mine. And, and Kim had a, had a gallery down at uh, Surface Paradise, down on the spit there. And, and he sold them for me and we got our 5000 You know, it was like, I've got two options here. I can give up. Or I can go to the source, put the process in place, and see God do something fantastic in my life. That's how it works, folks. That's how it works. The third thing that we look at is the result in verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Overflow with hope. See, that's the result. Overflow with hope. You know, we're, we're looking for this overflow of hope. We get to the point where we know the source and we apply the process and the result, the result of that is we overflow with hope. That's living the Christian life to the full. That's living the Christian life to the full. That's, that's being the head and not the tail. That's being above and not beneath. That's being more than a conqueror. And the amazing thing that comes out of living a life overflowing with hope is that it renews your mind. You literally start to think differently. Things don't overwhelm you like they used to do. Things don't put the pressure on you anymore. Why? Because you know the, the source and you understand the process and you've seen it before and you know there's an overflow of hope that rises up within you. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Suddenly I think differently. Suddenly the trials and the tribulations and, and, and the things that I face, all of a sudden I'm starting to look above it, not look under it. I'm not, now, I'm not driven anymore. I'm living. I'm not driven. See, the world wants you driven, under pressure constantly, having to do this, having to do that, having to do that. That's not living. Jesus said he came to give us life and life to the full. 
Paul explains it in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. He said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. You see, this hope comes from the fact that I'm no longer a victim anymore. I'm no longer a victim anymore. I'm victorious now. I'm victorious now. That I won't be that reed that's been bruised and broken and pushed every way by the wind. See, that used to be me, but I'm not that anymore. This hope has risen within me. This hope has come to life within me. Things that used to defeat me, I pay no attention to now. I'm literally bigger than that now. Literally above those things now. They don't pull me down anymore. I don't even notice them. I don't even think about them. Yet they used to consume my thinking. Hope comes from the fact that I'm no longer a victim. Things that used to defeat me, no more. This gives me hope because Christ was born. The difference, the whole difference, the whole confidence I have in speaking this is that Christ has come. It's the only difference. Trials will be trials. Problems will be problems. Circumstances will be circumstances. The only thing that makes it different for me now is that Christ has come. Christ has stepped into the picture. He was born. The Savior has come. And I've accepted him in, into my way of life. And nothing is impossible for me anymore. Nothing I can't handle. Not even death. Not even death. So this Christmas, be overflowing with hope. Be overflowing with hope. Change our mindset. Change the way we think. Understand the source, the process. And out of that victory, overflow with hope that lifts you above every circumstance and situation. You cannot be defeated. You cannot be defeated. The only way you will be defeated is if you choose to. And you know, for many of us, me included, that's scary ground. Because I've never been there much. That's new territory for me. But the fact that my Savior was born, that Christ has come, and I've accepted him into my life, then that must be my story now. Overflowing hope. Overflow of hope in my life. Because you're not doing this alone anymore. God is with you every step of the way. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity. None of us deserve it. None of us can earn it. You paid that price. You were born you came into the earth with one mission. One mission. That hope would come into this world and that all those that choose it, all those that choose you, 
will receive this hope and this hope to overflowing. <coughs> Lord, open up our heart. Captivate our mind. Let us see differently the world that you have for us. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand tonight.